1: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: And good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of BXB, Bronx Baseball Yankees podcast, brought to you from Odyssey and WFAN. It is Monday morning, October 24th, as we speak, along with Keith McPherson, I'm Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees have been eliminated. Keith, swept four straight by the Houston Astros. How you feeling this morning?
2: Blue Monday. Hmm.
0: Oh, um, I get it now. I see the blue light. Okay. It.
2: <laughs> and uh, it's, it's red October for the Phillies. Let's go fighting Phils. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? But the universe never unconnects. Of course, Philadelphia makes it back to the World Series before the Yankees do. And now we'll be rooting on them or rooting for them to uh knock off the Astros, but I don't think they knock
0: anyone off. but the Astros. That's what my nine-year-old son said. Like he, yeah. was, he was all about the Yankees. Yeah. yeah but not with the Astros,
2: but the Astros are really good. They haven't lost a postseason game yet. Uh, I think they're going to beat the Phillies and they'll have a legitimate world series where no one will be able to question 2017 anymore. Well, they will, but you know, they'll have another shiny ring next to it to say, well, what about this one? And, uh, the Yankees are
0: really, really good. That's the problem. Right. I mean, I think we un, I think that's part of what we understood is that the Astros are just really good, too.
2: Yeah, they own the Yankees. And uh, yeah. they like not just this series, not just this season over the last few years. And this is uh, who
0: the Yankees are trying to catch. This is who the Yankees are trying to be. And they're, you know, it's. You know it's time to let go of the past. People aren't trying to be the Yankees. The Yankees are trying to be somebody else. Right now, they're trying to be the Astros.
2: Yeah, that's that's the message. Uh, You know, when I get on WFAN or even here, this is the first opportunity I've had to speak on it after sleeping on it, and uh, you know, after watching that horror show last night, that was a nightmare, scary movie watching uh, Jose Altuve and Jeremy Pena, their their future at shortstop, win MVP and you know, win the, the AL pennant on our field on, you know, Yankee stadium grounds. But I feel like the Yankees are in an identity crisis right now. I mean, they've been for a while. They don't know who they are. And uh, the Astros are in a dynasty, six years going to the world series. And this is their third trip to the world series. Um, I don't, I don't know. Fourth well, trip Fourth listen, trip dude. in those six years. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I think that the Yankees, uh you know we'll talk about it but there were so many little things in the series that it was like up oh, there you go like even last night like ikf uh running fast into the bag and glaber kind of quick tossing it to him it's like well those guys haven't played this whole series together you've changed your shorts together
0: you know i'm not using that they've played plenty together i will
2: I think it's, I think it's,
0: uh, and there's a,
2: there's a bunch of other things, you know, judge making the final out, Uh, you know, the Astros will make you pay, you make mistakes, even two nights ago, uh, judge cutting across a baiter, judge cutting, cutting across a baiter, You, you know, you're in that game, you think, and then as soon as you make the mistake, they hit the home run, like, that is a good team. A good team like that will take advantage of their opportunities. That is what the
0: Yankees used to do. You give them, you open the door this much, and then they kick it in, right? Well, this is what happened two nights in a row: four runs on two errors in an instant like that. Yeah, and the Yankees were never able to do that. Uh, and you know, the mistakes cost them.
2: Postseason baseball—that's what it is, right? It's, the, it's supposed to be the best of the best. The margin for error is so small. You make a mistake, we slap you on the head. That's what the Astros did. It's like, nope, uh, you, you, you're not good enough. You're not tightened up enough. You, you you're just not who you think you are. The Yankees have a ton of excuses built in. They're scrambling, changing their lineup every day at the end of the season, and uh, they had no identity. They they became the Joey Gallo's in this series. You know, you get rid of Joey Gallo, strikeout king, and then they just strike out the whole series. It's, there's so oh, yeah. many other little things that happen in this. Uh...
0: So let me ask you about the lineup, okay? Because I think, I mean, part of the thing, and, you know, part of my thing is sometimes there are reasons, sometimes there are excuses, okay? Uh, the wind was an excuse. Uh, reasons are the lineup, okay? Because uh, it is, I think it is very legitimate, although I don't know how much the outcome would have changed because I think we know how good the Astros are. The DJ LeMay and Andrew Benintendi were were late season injuries that really affected who this Yankees lineup, what they are, their identity is offensively. Okay. We talk about who they are. It's the same old story. Well, it wasn't supposed to be the same old story because these guys were brought in for a specific reason and the lineup looked woefully short. Um, Now you talk about them changing the lineup around. I know that's a constant um, source of, uh, of contention for Yankees fans a lot because of the lineups, but I mean, Part of it is about rotating certain guys in, but I think what it became in the playoffs, Keith, is it became about trying to chase down a result because you were in dire straits. So I didn't see this as the same lineup shuffling as a regular season. I saw this as trying to, I mean, people, you want to say desperate? Sure, they were desperate. They were down two games to none and three games to none, and they weren't hitting at all. Even the games they won, they weren't really scoring a lot of runs. They were trying to chase down a result.
2: Yeah, I I look at it as too little, too late. You had too little. You were too late in trying to make adjustments. They were making adjustments in the Guardian series. They went down 2-1 to the Guardians and started changing the lineup and were listening to outside noise. And That's why I say it's an identity crisis. These are supposed to be the big, bad New York Yankees, and uh, they're trying to figure it out at the end of the season, and they're, you know, I don't know. I, I look at it like uh like you said, a Ben and healthy and a DJ LeMayu healthy changed this lineup. Um, but you know, IKF and Donaldson were healthy. That was a big move. That was a big trade in the offseason uh for this team. Um
0: yeah, I, and and listen, and they got put into parts of the lineup that they probably weren't supposed to be in, right? Or you know, or you had options for it. Like, like, like let's think about this. The Yankees have, if you look at it, incrementally tried to make certain adjustments to the all-or-nothing swing-and-miss guys, right? Because D.J. LeMahieu was brought in after 18, right, for such a purpose. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was re-signed last year. They they lost Luke Voigt, and they brought in Anthony Rizzo, um, trying to change that around. Andrew Benintendi, a high-on-base guy, high-batting average guy, that was – a. Again, uh, and that was in um, response to Joey Gallo falling on his face as a Yankee. So they have made certain acquisitions to go away from that. And let's remember that Donaldson and I, Isaiah Contreras are here because that was the move that got Gary Sanchez out. And you know whatever came with his swing and miss, whatever came with his defense, whatever you didn't like about that, that was the trade off there. Donaldson has never been as bad. This was the worst year of Donaldson's career.
2: Right on Uh, time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Happened in age <laughs> the first year as a New York Yankee. That's yeah. kind of what did they
2: what did they expect to get? I was on air when they made that deal, and I was hoping that there was another part of the deal. And the main thing at that I was said, saying
0: a little bit of last year's Josh Donaldson, which was not even close to what this year's Josh Donaldson was.
2: At 36, I said, What version of Josh Donaldson do you expect to get? <laughs> I think the betting man, I think the baseball fan, I think all of us expected that it'd be more so 60 to 70 percent the washed up old version of Josh Donaldson. And then maybe you get 30% of the MVP all-star and maybe they did at defensively. His glove was there during the season. Uh, offensively, he had some big hits, some big moments, but ultimately not enough to be an everyday starter at third base.
0: And he Ooh. wouldn't have been if if DJ LeMahieu was here. Like, you had to make that decision. Think about it. Remember, if Stanton is healthy and he's DHing, if LeMahieu is healthy, Torres is healthy, and Donaldson is healthy, you can't play all of them at once. You have to pull somebody out. Well, guess what? LeMahieu was the guy that wasn't healthy, so you had to play both Torres and Donaldson in those spots.
2: Yeah, uh, it just they always default into something, right? They always, by the end of the season, default into, oh, well, we had to do this. Well, think about your own roster construction. Think about who you chose to be the guys and who you had backing up those guys. Injuries happen to every team. Every single team loses a guy for the season, loses an arm, loses a starter, and they either call someone up or they make up for it in a trade. The Yankees weren't able to do that. Uh, I think
0: the timing of them too is important to remember because remember they traded for Benintendi, right? Okay. And then he got hurt. The idea of both LeMayhew and Carpenter and I'm, I'm still not like, I'm not, putting carpenter in the hero role. Okay. He had an incredible month as a New York Yankee. I'm not sitting here telling you that he's going to be Aaron judge, you know, just a notch below him the entire rest of the season. But the timing of those injuries was after the trade deadline. Okay. And Anthony Rizzo got hurt after the trade deadline and he recovered and, and actually got some big contributions for the Yankees in the playoffs. But the timing of those injuries is not good, Keith, because there is very little you can do around that. And you're not built to have all-star level replacements throughout your minor league system for that.
2: And they probably would have been beat anyway. I tip my cap to the Houston Astros. Uh, they have talent. They develop talent. They they make some smart trades, right? You know, I seeing like Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini on their team, those are two guys that Yankee fans know as yeah. villains from – the AL East, the Red Sox and the Orioles, and they barely contributed. They like the Astros are so good. The guys that they traded for, they're like, uh, let's find a way to get these guys in. We have enough in our nucleus. They're pitching, have they're,
0: they're pitching incredibly well. They're pitching at an elite level. That's what allows them to skate through when Jose Altuve can go, you know, what, three for the entire postseason and, and they don't lose a game. Jordan Alvarez didn't do anything in this series and they didn't lose a game. Pitching at an elite level is really what vaulted the Astros over the Yankees here.
2: Absolutely. And uh I feel like that was a concern that they had last postseason and they addressed it. Getting Verlander back and just getting big years out of their guys, getting McCullers back, uh Framber Valdez yeah. and uh Christian Javier are way better than I think people expected them to be. But that is because of their system. That is because whatever they do down there in Houston. They get results. They have a winning culture down there. Uh, We can make jokes and laugh about them cheating or being crooked or not right. But at the end of the day, they dominate. At the end of the day, they've been to six straight American League championships. They're going back to their fourth World Series. They are the dynasty and they are the team standing in front of the New York Yankees as far as the Yankees getting back to the World Series, which was part of the Yankees culture, which was the Yankee way. It's uh, far from that now.
0: You know, and and you know, looking at pitching, the Yankees pitched really well, okay, all year, and they did last year too. Uh, that's not a problem. But I do want to focus on one thing about this because yesterday I, I think should scare you a little bit um, because Nestor Cortez, the injury he was dealing with. You find out after the fact that this, remember he went on the injured list in September and there were some skeptics saying, Oh, they're just trying to manage his innings. They're, they're giving him a rest. Uh, there, this is a phantom injury. Well, it wasn't a phantom injury. Um, it was something that he didn't manage in September and then again in October and it came back and cost them there. Now you had the coming back on three days rest in the postseason for a start back on regular rest here. But you know, the accumulation of uh, the record number of innings for him, trying to manage a groin injury in September and October, and then coming back on short rest, even in that period of time, with an extra couple of starts uh, uh, added on for October, the cumulative effect of that coming into next season I think should scare you just a little bit because I don't think it means Nestor Cortez, as good as he was this year, I think the accumulation of all that Will cause you to think twice about just locking him into that number two spot and expecting two hundred innings out of him next year. I think that's a reach right now.
2: Yeah, and no, I'm I'm honestly not, and I don't know what to believe with that injury and what was going on with that. It's unfortunate uh, the way that it all played out last night, and then going back to you know him being on the IL. He came back from the IL and he was fantastic. Sucks to see him go from hurt on the IL to season ending. Uh, same injury popping back up, but I'm not penciling Nestor in as anything. Uh, yeah, and going I mean, into, I'm not
0: going tell you he's bad, Keith. I'm just telling you, the like, cumulative effect of this season means it might be a little bit more of a struggle next year to bounce back and put it all together.
2: It be, though, go, to- you know, go find the talent. Go go make the trades. Go sign the guys. Like, uh, I feel like going into this season, we all looked at the Yankees rotation as they're all question marks. We don't know what they're going to be, and they overperform. Uh, we got better performances out of Nestor Cortez and Jamison Tyone and uh, at times Garrett Cole, uh, Luis Severino coming back from Tommy John. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately it wasn't enough to get the Yankees to where they need to be. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. There's there's a few questions that need answering for this team to be able to take the next step. But now here we are uh, in another offseason where there you know question marks about you know what this team needs we don't we don't know what they're going to do we don't know what the organization is going to do but i hope watching uh you know this team that started off being compared to the 1998 Yankees and then being swept at home in the ALCS couldn't even force a a game 5 couldn't even force the series back to Houston like i would i would think but i know it's not going to happen that would call for massive changes that would call for you know s- some serious uh renovations inside the clubhouse, but nah, it's going to be more of the same.
0: Well, but there, there are always some changes and I think that's important to address about what might be coming up here.
1: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: um this is bxb it's the bronx baseball yankees podcast from odyssey from wfan he's keith mcpherson i'm sweeney Murdy. and the idea of who's coming back next year begins really at the top because we're going to get to the big guy the biggest guy like figure literally and figuratively but the guy at the top keith is brian cashman who has made these decisions for a very long time um and i've been asked I get asked every year, is Cashman coming back, even in the middle of contracts? Well, his contract is up right now. And the answer I keep coming back to, Keith, is that there are no visible signs of anything wrong between Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner's um, uh, vision for how Cashman operates and what his moves do, what he operates within. Um I don't think that there is, as I said, there are no visible signs that there is any sort of discord between those two guys. So logic could tell me that Brian Cashman is coming back to run the Yankees again.
2: I've said this probably 40 to 50 times this year. That's Brian Cashman's job until he doesn't want it. I don't know why fans think that they can call for Brian Cashman's job. It's not happening. They made it to the American League Championship. They won ninety nine games. Uh, so look at this postseason. Harrison Bader. That's a Cashman move that people criticized. What are the Yankees in this postseason without Harrison Bader? Mm. Cashman will be back. You know, as much as you know, people want to kill him for the IKF Donaldson trade. I do too. I think that trade sucked. And uh, I understand you had to get rid of Gary Sanchez, but you have no problem DFA and a bunch of other guys and not getting anything for other guys. Um, even with the pitching, right? Frankie Montas was not it. Uh, you, you gave away a ton of young pitching uh to get him and and Trevino. And I mean, even in this postseason, you went to Clark Schmidt over Trevino. I don't know. There's there's so many things that fans will look at uh in their moves and in uh their process and say they need a change, they need an overhaul, they need a new voice. But I also have to remind people who who is out there? Who is supposed to be this new voice? Is there some type of uh young up and coming guy that everyone's buzzing about in baseball that's going to s- storm into Yankee Stadium and take over for Brian Cashman? No. It's Cashman's job. Uh they'll make some changes internally with some other positions, but as long as Cashman wants to be the GM of the New York Yankees, he will be the, the GM of the New York Yankees.
0: Yeah, and it's important to remember too, Keith, and I know this is not how Yankees fans are trained to think, but it's fine. It's, it's, it's legitimately part of the fact. Um, the Yankees, as, as you said, 99 games getting to the ALCS, as much as it's failure under the Yankee model, it is not screaming for a rebuild right Um, everybody is still you know everybody in this division is still chasing the yankees they are still had the second best record in the league and i'm not saying this is saying this is consolation and you should be fine and satisfied without making changes that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that this is not there's nothing to fully tear down and go back like they didn't finish with 70 wins where you're saying okay we need this 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 and this and we're getting nowhere okay um it's going to start with Aaron Judge, okay? So let's let's get to him, uh, because if we're just going to assume Brian Cashman is making this decision, whether he is or isn't, Aaron Judge is still the key figure here. The Baby Bombers era is over, okay? Aaron Judge is 30 years old now. He is officially going to be a free agent when the World Series ends, which means the Yankees do still have a window to negotiate with him exclusively. And five days after the World Series ends, other teams can start making monetary offers to Aaron Judge. And his answer last night was kind of, I think it was kind of telling because I wondered if there was enough room in this little window before the World Series is over that they can get together and make Aaron Judge an offer that will keep him off the market. But as he said last night, he says, I'm a free agent right? He didn't say I'm a free agent in two weeks or 10 days, but I'm a free agent. And this goes back to how the negotiations were handled maybe in April, releasing the uh, details of the contract. It feels like he wants this to play out where other teams can start, can allow the bidding to go up and maybe yeah. force a little bit more money out of the Yankees pockets for him. Because I do really believe Keith, this is where he wants to sign but i think he's playing the game and that he has every right to he's earned that right through free agency
2: he also said that he made it clear that since he's been in pinstripes that he wanted to be here that this is where he wants to stay but he said we couldn't get something done before spring training he set everything up we all know this right he said if we can't get a dumb, a, a deal done before spring training like i'm going to focus on baseball and uh you know like the game well he, the, the Yankees missed their time to. This kid should have been signed early. He comes, he bursts on the scene his rookie year with, you know, over fifty home runs. Wins the home run derby. Rookie of the year should have been MVP. That's when you start locking him up. No, but I'll,
0: but I'll say that doesn't work for every organization, and for the Yankees especially. Especially a player like if listen, if they had signed Aaron Judge to I don't know, say the Ronald Acuna deal, okay, after his rookie year. And he goes on to get hurt each of the next two years, the way he did. What are you saying? Remember, this is this. He has not. He's had his rookie year. And he was this immediately year, a face a of
2: baseball. A guy's six seven two eighty. He's something we've never seen. I don't know. In my opinion, I think they dropped the ball. And so now, when you drop the ball, others get to pick up your ball, and yes, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna bid on him. And that's what he wants, right? He, he was drafted by the Yankees. He's never had this, and he just had the best season he could put together. And now let's see what the Giants do. Let's see what the Dodgers do. Let's see what the Mets do as far as courting him, offering him. And if the Yankees don't re-sign him, then we can talk about blowing it up and firing Cashman and uh, starting over.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is an important point when you talk about what are the Mets going to do, what are the Dodgers going to do. One of the things that Hal Steinbrenner has stuck to over the course of the last 15 or so years is still having you know, the highest payroll. And even though there is some thought that it could go even higher because the Yankees could afford it, Spending more than the other teams and kind of still kind of toeing that line seems to be where where the Yankees operate. Well, if you look at total payrolls and these are figures from SpotRack.com and it includes not just the 26 man roster, but includes 40 man payroll and the extra uh, payments the uh, teams have to make. It's it's above what is usually referred to as a payroll number. It's a full payroll number. The Mets were first this year at 282 million. The Dodgers were second at 275. The Yankees were third at 264. Right behind them is the Phillies at 255, the Padres at 237, okay? So, you're still
2: so the, all the teams in the – all the, right, the top right. four teams were in the top five except Spend for money. the Mets.
0: Sure. Spend money and and you end up – you know, uh, Houston was ninth at 192. It's because they ended up letting Springer walk, Correa walk, or else they'd be up here too, right? But um, the question now becomes, Keith, do the Yankees want to say, like, why are the Mets and Dodgers spending more than us, Okay why why can't we sign Aaron judge and spend more and put ourselves back to it because there was a point in time where the Yankees were no question spending more than anybody else and now it's it's not no question anymore so in regards to Aaron judge plus do the Yankees are the Yankees going to act upon the threat that Steve Cohen produces the threat that the Dodgers are producing by continuously spending more
2: Maybe I, I I know they uh, had those cash registers ringing all season. This was a huge season for the New York Yankees, attendance and ticket sales, and Aaron Judge's historic run, and and the Yankees winning a bunch of games. They have the money. Um, I, like I don't know. I just think that Aaron Judge also he sucked in the playoffs. It is what it is. He wasn't himself in the playoffs. He he had opportunities to come up big, multiple opportunities to do damage, and he couldn't do it. And uh, I was saying at the end of the year when everyone was so wrapped up in the home run chase, I'm like, I'm over it. I was, once he got to 61, I'm like, cool, that's good enough because you guys, you know, you, you keep hyping this home run chase and it's going to mess up his swing. It's going to mess up his approach. He's up there trying to, you know, hit the ball out and, and do nothing else. And October's right around the corner. And uh, I think he was definitely affected by that whole thing. And, he came up small. He's, he had a couple home runs in the postseason. But ultimately, like, I don't even want to look at his strikeout numbers or what his average was, um, you know, one for 16 in this
0: series. I will tell you just I mean, listen, you're and not I watched, good
2: enough, not you, good enough for the AL MVP, not listen, good enough you, to sign a, a 300 plus million dollar contract. You and I watched every
0: at bat. Right. So it feels like more than trying to chase the record, it felt like he was obviously the strategy to pitch to him obviously changed the second he got two sixty 60 home runs. Yeah, And I feel like, you know, baseball is about timing and rhythm hitters say, right. That timing and rhythm was thrown completely off with how he was being pitched to over the course of the final couple of weeks of the season. And it felt like that just carried on over because much like the Yankees did with Alvarez, you know, other, you know, the, the guardians, and the Astros made sure that Aaron judge wasn't going to beat them. And, the rhythm of pitching to him, I thought, really changed over the course of the la- really last month that we've been watching.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's tough. I-, I feel for the guy as far as like having the weight of the world on his shoulders. He he responded this year with what he did. But then another test was right in front of him. Hey, OK, 62 is cool. You almost had the triple crown. Now you got to carry the Yankees through the postseason. It's too much for him to do on his own. He wasn't able to do it. But he's still going to be expecting that big contract, and I know there's Yankees fans. They start the first two games where he he was like 0 for 8 with with eight Ks or something. Yankees fans were like, "This guy's not good enough. You don't pay him. He, he he's small in October." And I'm like, "Nah, you pay him." But like the, the Yankees have a huge decision to make. Mm-hmm. There are going to be I think there are going to be higher bidders. Honestly, I just think that the Yankees have their way of doing things, and when they want a guy like Garrett Cole, they can go outbid everyone in the yep. winter meetings, but with Aaron judge, his age and the years he's going to command, and the money he's going to come in. They have a real decision to make. If these other teams come in and uh, start throwing like ridiculous money out of them, there, there's a line that I feel like the Yankees won't cross for Aaron judge. And if he leaves, then you, then in my opinion, you gotta, you gotta do something else with that money. And I don't know, you, you gotta get Donaldson out of here. Uh, you got to go sign some arms. You got to—I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to do and a lot to be seen. But it all starts and ends with Aaron Judge. It starts with Aaron
0: Judge, and I'm and I'm curious to see really how far this goes because you know there is a line, but I think most teams are still drawing that line because I think. Listen, let's be realistic, okay? The chances of him hitting sixty-two home runs again is really remote, right? No, uh, you don't happen. have the, the. It's it's hard to hit fifty, so. Um, another team thinking about where he is at age 30 and the type of body that he is, they're all doing these same calculations. There's a lot of things involved here. And the idea that appeared to be the Yankees didn't want to go beyond seven years, you know, six months ago, right? Well, other teams are looking at the same kinds of things. And we're talking about how Josh Donaldson fell off a table from age 35 to 36. Now think about where Aaron Judge is in his career is another team really willing to go eight years or nine years are the yankees really willing to go eight years or nine years is this where it's going and are there enough are there are the mets the dodgers the giants whoever you want to pick are they in this enough to to go beyond that years i'm talking about
2: uh i think there's definitely uh there, there's a level of um, some guys just want to beat the Yankees and we'll, we'll compete with the Yankees and we'll, we'll try to win Aaron judge sweepstakes because they can. Uh, I look at teams like the Mets. They have a lot of their own guys that they need to retain. So like, I don't know how much money they could throw Uh, the Dodgers always go for it. I feel like they'll shuffle it around Mm -hmm. and, and figure out what they can do to present an offer. Uh, The giants, I think the San Francisco giants have been planning for this all year and they feel like, you know, they can bring a hometown kid back and, you know, you know, we'll see. I, I I can't call it. I'm not a a money guy, as far as knowing the ins and outs of the business of baseball. Um,
0: Here's the thing, Keith. I haven't looked at the entire free agent list, but I will tell you, if the Yankees don't re-sign Aaron Judge, it is an entire. Free Failure here because there is nobody else they can bring in that will appease yeah. people. to, say, to the okay, rest of the Phillies. But we got this guy instead. That's not happening. Like Aaron Judge is the face of the Yankees. He's coming off this tremendous season, and the postseason doesn't take away all of that. Okay. Yeah. The postseason is a separate animal. I think we all understand that. If the Yankees do not bring back Aaron Judge, there is nobody else they can bring here. To say. Oh, it's okay. We got this guy instead.
2: Right there was there was a contingency plan for Juan Soto at one point, <laughs> and then he got traded this season. Um, they passed on Bryce Harper three years ago, and you're you're going to hear a ton of Bryce Harper talk as he's in the World Series. Yeah. And he did damage this postseason. He showed up and yeah. looks like a guy you paid three hundred and thirty million. There is no other guy, right? They opted to go for John Carlos Stanton and turn him into a DH. Uh, I don't know, it is
0: well. That was and listen, and that was that was calculated. Okay, Stanton was coming off, remember, he was coming off a 59 home run season, and Aaron Judge had just hit 52. So, you have this idea of these two guys right uh in the same lineup. There was no guarantee that they were getting Bryce Harper, and I know Har- Harper talks about, um, you know, uh, growing up a Yankees fan, but free agency a year away offers no clear, uh, um, solutions or decisions at that point. And I think if I, you know, Harper wasn't coming off the best season at that point in time and the Yankees had a choice to make because 2017 offered them a different window. They, you had judge doing what he was doing and the baby bombers were exploding and Glaber Torres was on the horizon. The Yankees had just gotten to game seven of the ALCS they didn't see their window coming a year from now when bryce harper was going to be a free agent their window was now it was 2018 and harper wasn't a free agent yet so they decided to push all their chips in on stanton rather than wait for harper because 2018 was a window to get to the world series listen we all know how this has turned out but that was the decision process at the time Why wait another year when this year is coming now and has the ability, you have the ability to push forward.
2: Sure. They push their chips all in. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about windows, uh, I fear that this window is over. I feel like 2017 they were ahead of schedule, got to game seven of the ALCS, and you fast forward five seasons and you're getting swept out of the ALCS at home with – You know, a few of those same guys that were there in 2017 and 19 when you you took it to game six. Something has to change. Uh, I don't know. I think the Yankees have it right in front of them. What do you have to do to beat the Houston Astros? Uh, Is Aaron Judge in that equation? If he's not, then you go and you find the pieces that you think are going to get you closer. But I also have to say this. The Yankees have put so much weight on Oswald Peraza, Anthony Volpe. Uh, these prospects that are supposed to be coming up, that's the next window. That's the next, like, when does that start now? Uh, I feel like it could have started now, uh, but they, you know, they called up Peraza late and it was almost like they felt like, I don't know, like they didn't want to do it. It was like, I guess we have to at this point point. and he didn't get enough reps. And then you use them in October and expect him to be effective. Well, he's a fine, lot
0: of, but he's not coming up in October to be a savior. OK, let's make sure that, you know, if, if that was your expectation or somebody else's expectation, then
2: those are misplaced. You can't it's- expect a rookie to come up and be I wasn't expecting anything out of him or Cabrera. That's another thing that the Yankees defaulted into. OK, we have to use these rookies uh, in, in late September and in October because we, you know, we have passed the free agency and then the trade deadline. This is what we have. and. uh i don't know that's a weakness that that falls on the organization and planning and i, I just I, I have no answers it's the day after the season ends there's a lot of questions uh there's a lot of mistakes that were made and I, I feel like it was just poetic the way things happen like like donaldson striking out on a call strike three and that might be his last at bat for the yankees like yeah judge making the final out uh you know, I, IKF missing a ball. It's like, yeah, all of these mistakes and all these things that we see happen, we can draw a direct a direct line back to like, well, you did this or you decided for this. So uh, it's it's tough. I'm a Yankees fan and I've always been since a little kid. And I feel like I'm getting to the age now where like, I I understand some of the guys in the media. Like now that I'm in the media, like I understand yeah. being like neutral and not being that deep in it, um, you know, because then you don't feel like this. But as a fan, like, I feel terrible. As a fan, uh, this was embarrassing. It was a nightmare. There was so much promise in the early on of the season. It felt like everything was going right. Like, this was the year that they would be able to go toe to toe with the Astros. But nah, they come crashing right down. And there's a lot of the same feelings and thoughts about the organization. Um, You know, even last night with the rain delay, I'm like, here we go with this rain again. And I know they can't control the rain, but I just feel like, you know, Mother Nature, the baseball guys, whatever, they're just delaying the inevitable and uh people were talking about the ticket sales and how the ticket sales dropped I'm like it doesn't matter like yeah. they had a whole Monday of the uh ALDS where everybody came there and bought tickets and that's all know, that, spent that's money
0: market stuff those seats were all sold I don't yeah. you know I'm like I'm not, I'm not uh, worried the Yankees
2: money is perfectly fine and uh we'll see what they end up doing with it I feel like you know if they don't sign Aaron Judge okay then it's a new era because Aaron judge is the face of the Yankees. He is the face of this era. And if that's all she wrote 62 and he comes up short and he goes elsewhere, so be it. But then you have to make some drastic moves and some drastic decisions and use the money to uh, improve this team.
0: Well, and that's, uh, that's what I'm coming back to is like, there is not ow. there's not a yeah, no good alternative right now. Um, like if you're, if you're the, a, if you're trying to put a good spin on this, it does not begin with not bringing Aaron Judge back. There's no place to go to spin this well if you're the Yankees after that. And they've got other free agents, too. There's, there's plenty of time to get into that. I think Matt Blake is an important one. I think you know the way the Yankees have pitched the last couple of years, I think he's an important one to retain, and we'll see where they go with him.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: You're listening to BXB. This is the Bronx Baseball Yankees podcast from Odyssey, from WFAN. And we will be here the entire offseason as we break down what the Yankees do heading into 2023. Along with Keith McPherson, I'm Sweeney Murdy. So two things about... Yesterday's game, Keith, I found it quite odd that New York, New York was blasting from the speakers. I thought if there was one day to let it, you know, to kind of turn it down a little bit, you're watching another team celebrate winning the American League pennant on that field. Um, That felt like a really weird moment to be listening to Frank Sinatra sing. Um, it, It just didn't seem appropriate.
2: I've been uh, I've been a, a big don't-play-Frank guy after losses. Like, there should be some type of alternative or nothing, right? The Yankees lose. Good night. Goodbye, everyone. But, you know, that plays back into what the Yankees are. They are an attraction. They are a tourist destination. There were a ton of Astros fans in there. I'm like, wow. I, I'm glad I didn't go to well, the stadium. They traveled well. It was Bozo night at the stadium. I definitely wasn't going to be in there. You could tell. They were – they were in the ninth inning. They were panning around and showing all the different Astros fans. I was like, yeah, couldn't be me uh, mixing it up with them. That's why I was at the crib on top of other things that uh, I needed to stay home for. But, yeah, back to Frank. As I'm watching that, I was sick. I'm like, this is the soundtrack to the Astros uh, going back to the World Series. But then I realized, uh, you know, the song works both ways. If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. Uh, I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep, and and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap, a number. They're the champions. Like they did it. They came to New York and swept mm-hmm. the Yankees. So good for them. You know they take a lot of hate from Yankees fans, a lot of talk from Yankees fans. We want Houston cheaters, trash throws. Um, you know the 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 F l two Tuvé chance did quiet down, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Uh, so congrats to the Houston Astros. And like I said, the Yankees know uh, it's a tourist attraction. They play Frank for anyone that's there, right? They play Frank for anyone that's been the Yankee stadium to get that experience at the end. And uh, they got it. And it, that was that, that's one that I'll remember for a long time. I said, every Yankee fan needs to be watching that. And every New York Yankee needed to be watching that uh, judge talked a lot about the feeling they had in Boston after they lost mm-hmm. that one game wild-card elimination. And, well, what happened? You the, you know, this might be worse. <laughs> like, yeah, you advance, but then you just get it. You just get swept and embarrassed at home and uh, you don't even look like you could beat a team. And you look like in the beginning of the series, you were playing for a six, seven game series that never got there. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it was just all bad. There's not not one positive that I could pull from it last night.
0: I think we were talking and I think we got this. Uh, we got this right. The last time a team celebrated winning a pennant. At Yankee Stadium was the old Yankee Stadium in 2004 when the Red Sox did it. I don't believe it's happened since. Uh, other teams have celebrated winning different things, but not not a uh, not the championship series. Um, which I'll let I'll let you speak to what you want to do, and I, and I will offer you a, an opinion. <laughs> I will offer you a, 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 um, a, an alternate on this. But it took on a big. Yankee fans found it quite disturbing that as they tried to psych their own players up to try to come back from three games to none down, they showed them evidence of it happening. They, they, their mental skills coach decided that it was, uh, that was what they wanted to do in order to give the players the visual that it is possible to come from three games to none down. And unfortunately for Yankees fans, that is one of the lowest moments they've experienced
2: ever, and, maybe, maybe ever
0: 2004 Red Sox beat the Yankees from three games, to none down uh, your thoughts on that.
2: So I read a tweet at 4:15 from Brian Hoke that says Aaron Boone said that Chad Bowling, the Yankees mental skill coach was sending around highlight videos of the 2004 Red Sox this morning. Eduardo Perez also FaceTime David Ortiz into Boone's office pregame. I thought it was a joke. I didn't know. I thought it was like a trolling thing. Like maybe it was a fake Brian Hoke account. <laughs> what? What what is going on? That like when I think back to 2004 and and 2001, that was like the end of my childhood fantasies of the Yankees winning World Series and just always being on top and always being champs. Like, those nightmares were like the end of my childhood fandom. Now this is like the end of my adulthood fandom. Like, now I'm just going to be a regular media member because I don't know what is going on. You're sending clips to this team full of Yankees that grew up as Yankees fans. Garrett Cole, IKF, Harrison Bader, Jose Trevino, even Anthony Rizzo with a little bit. You're sending them clips of the 2004—let me guess— Kevin Millar is speaking like what is going on? And then you're bringing in David Ortiz, who is the top villain who always killed the Yankees to smile at them. Hey, (laughs) we did it. You can't do it though. And then they get swept. I was sick. I, I I, I said, I didn't even tweet about it because I'm like, I'm going to talk about this for a long time on BXB on WFAN. What is wrong? Identity crisis. Bingo. That's an identity crisis. When you have someone like, I don't I don't care. No, no offense to Chad or whatever his job. like you got to know that's not the way to go. You got to know like you're supposed to be the the guy that's supposed to motivate them bringing up 2004 and showing basically, oh, this is when the Yankees started to fall from grace. Right. This is one of the all time failures. This is when the curse was broken. People thought this could never happen. And the Yankees folded then. Reminder that you are now in the, uh, you know, later on future that came after this and you're about to fail as well you you're not coming back from uh 30 you're you're about to be swept in yankee stadium and think about those yankees and how they felt that's how you're going to feel later
0: i think probably the biggest error is, is letting fans know that that happened because from a perspective i understand and you're right there are some of the players on that team that grew up as fans but i think it was a little bit different I don't think the players in general, because once they put on those uniforms and are playing for something real, they don't have the same attachment to past history of what this means in particular. Like they're, you know, they, I think they, you know, I think they respect the legacy of the uniform, especially when you play for the Yankees and what it means to win. But I don't think that they were looking at, you know, I understand what the idea was to try to show them a visual of, Okay, this happened once before. You can do it kind of thing. Um, It did appear to be a little misplaced when you're putting it in that context, Keith. Um, But I don't think in general, I don't think players, you know, you've got Isaiah uh, um, Oswaldo Cabrera is 23 years old. Right. So he was what he was five when that happened. Uh, probably you know there are probably players who have no idea that, that happened because they're not following along and they don't share the same historical context of the of these things you know they probably have no idea that the 04 Red Sox came from three 0 nothing down against the Yankees until somebody told them um I, I think that's part of it um it's misplaced to have this to, to try to convince Yankees fans that that was a good idea I understand what their reasoning was, but to try to convince Yankees fans that this was a good idea probably was misplaced.
2: Yeah, and everything leaks out and becomes a story. like, oh, Harrison Bader didn't know he was leading off. What are they doing? They're putting together lineups and not telling the guys? Whatever. It just all is compounded. Uh, It's it's not good. And, uh, you know, we can uh, lick our wounds and uh, try and get over it, but this is going to sting for a long time.
0: Listen, and this is – this is starting with the new era, okay? Because and the Yankees aren't folding up shop and starting over. There's no, there's no rebuild happening here, okay? Uh, Garrett Cole is signed here for a very long time, and he's still in his prime window for a short period of time uh, before you start hitting that aging curve. Giancarlo Stanton is still capable of putting together a couple of prime years here. You're locked into big dollars there. Uh, you're going to be with Aaron Judge. I think we all you know, hope and believe that that's going to be the case. This is not a rebuild. When you have three players hauling in over a hundred million dollars combined, there's no rebuild happening. Okay, you're going forward here and just trying to build on this again and trying once again to take down the Houston Astros. But the Baby Bombers era of starting over was it came up it came up a zero, Uh, zero championships. You had Judge, you had Sanchez, you had Bird, you had Torres, and you had Frazier. And there's certainly different reasons why all of them went up or down or nowhere. But it didn't work for the final total. Zero World Series championships. Now you're kind of starting over again. I just caution you. It's just not that easy to do anymore. And I think this—I think these last six years proved it. And trying to win one is really hard. And I will tell you that if they ever get there again, just don't make the mistake of thinking that there are three or four more to follow. One is just really hard to do.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not making that mistake. Uh, it's, it's clear to see that. You know, there's parody in baseball, but there's also, a, you know, a couple teams that dominate and a couple teams that figure out how to get there. Uh, James Smythe put out uh, Yankees most consecutive seasons without reaching a World Series. What we're currently in is the uh, third longest drought with 13 years, 2010 to 2022. And he said 15 of the other 29 teams have won a pennant since the Yankees beat the Phillies in 2009 so that means half of the league has like figured out how to get there and last year you hear Aaron Boone talking about the league has closed the gap on us yeah uh
0: it happened a while ago identity
2: crisis is all I keep saying the Yankees think they're still the Yankees they're not the fans still think they're the Yankees they are not they're just like the rest of these teams but they're worth more they can spend more and uh, we'll see what they do with that money this offseason
0: uh, a lot of it has to go to Aaron Judge, and if uh, if it doesn't, I don't see where this goes. There is a, there is not a great Plan B behind Aaron Judge.
2: Oh yeah, and and can I add this, Sweeney, for the fans that somehow think Aaron Boone is going to lose his job winning ninety nine games and get into American League Championship? No way. That was the first move of last offseason after we got bounced by the Red Sox. The first thing that came out not long after that, Aaron Boone is signed to a three-year deal with an option of four. Expect for him to finish that contract out. I do.
0: I will. And, and I, I put it this way, um, I, is that you went into, after last season, you knew you had to go through the Astros again, probably, right? So your expectation is that if you want Aaron Boone back, you're going to have him be the guy that's going to lead you through. And there's a chance you're going to lose, okay? You knew there's a chance you could lose to the Astros, if you weren't comfortable with that, you wouldn't have brought him back then, right? If you didn't, you know, it's Aaron Boone. You want to either, either want Aaron Boone to be the guy who's going to lead you for the next three or four years, or you didn't want him at all. And you with no guarantee of the result against Houston whenever you ran into them. So it didn't appear to make much sense. I do believe that we're at a point in time, and you know this World Series drought is part of it. We're never- Keith, you're never going to be satisfied with the lineup that's put out. You're never going to be satisfied with the pitching decision. You're never going to be satisfied with whatever moves are made until it ends with a parade. And I think it's fair. you know, That's the expectation you've built, and that's fine. But to think that you could that a new manager could come in and you'd be happy with it, and every move that he made you'd be happy with. No, you're not going to be happy with any of it until it ends in a parade, and that's just reality.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I feel like Boone is given a set of choices And I talk a lot about the Yankees falling into things or defaulting into things. I feel like he's given a set of choices and in, you know, it's maybe one or two things and he'll choose one and uh, you know, this will go wrong for him or, you know, this guy will come in and and give up a home run or not be able to hold it down. And then everyone's like, that was a stupid move. That was a stupid decision. Well, if it would have worked out, you would have, you would have lauded it. You would have applauded it. You would have been like, great job. I feel like, you know, Boone has if
0: Clark, if Clark Schmidt goes three scoreless in game one, yeah. and you know, I mean, that changes everything. Right. It didn't happen. So we're questioning it. They but, were
2: playing for not, a longer series, in my opinion, and they did not coming out of, you know, coming out of a five game series that took eight days had a, a big impact on how they started this series and how they looked at this series. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my opinion, you know, Boone didn't have his best guys. He had a bucket of guys he could use and he used them where he did. And it didn't work out. And that first game was a tone setter. The second game definitely, um, you know, changed the tone of the series. But I don't think they look at Aaron Boone like he mismanaged it. I don't think they look at Aaron Boone like he made the wrong decisions. They look at the players like, you guys got to get it done. You guys are called on. You're paid to get it done. Go get it done. So he's going to be back. And uh, I think he does have respect of players on this team. Uh, It's his team. It's been for the last five years. It's a matter of getting guys on this team that can make an impact. Uh, they got to look for these guys like like I li- like I liked how Wandy's demeanor was like, you know, Wandy just seems like a guy that was under the radar. You trade Mike Tockman for him, but when you yeah. throw him in the big moments, he's unflappable. He's the same. He's ready for him. He wants to be in them. You got to get more guys like that. And let
0: me let me remind you, Keith, that um, the Astros didn't win this series in some different offensive style. They didn't you know, single and steal second and third, they didn't hit and run and they didn't lay down bunts and they didn't do all, you know, they didn't do all these crazy things. You know what they did, Keith? They
2: homered in three, home three run, run, run home runs, win ball games. And you got one last night, sweetie.
0: There you go. Aye, two aye, of them in the series, right? Two of them in the series. <laughs> you know, that's oh, what man. happened. And, and listen, and the Yankees pushed across some runs in the first two innings, but left two men on base in each inning too. Astros cleared the bases the home run cleared the bases it worked that's how they have what they pitched like crazy they pitched their butt off and they got home runs when they needed them that's how they won they didn't win with some crazy 1985 St. Louis Cardinals style of play they didn't win with some you know retro thinking 1958 hit and run style of play they won because they hit the ball out of the ballpark with men on base
2: Chicks dig the long ball. That's all she wrote, and they'll probably continue to do that. Hopefully the Phillies and their boppers can hit home runs, too. We've seen them do that. It's going to be a good World Series. That's
0: how they they got there.
2: Yep. Again, the the Yankees fans will be watching from home. And now, you know, if you want to drive down to Citizens Bank Park, you can can go see the World Series. But, uh, yeah, it's another failure, another season of my lifetime where the Yankees don't get it done. And now you wait. People are already posting. I think I saw 157 days till opening day this morning. I was like, "Oh my March goodness!"
0: March 30th against the Giants—that is opening day. And by the way, the the next series is the the National League champion Phillies come in. Giants Phillies to uh, start the uh, home schedule next year, starting on March 30th. Uh, I know we wanted this to go a little bit longer, Keith. This run, uh, talking about specific games, we're not done. Let's remind fans of that. Okay. We keep coming back here. It is an off season fill with lots of interesting things to talk about. And we will talk about them in this space uh, on BXB. So let's make sure everybody subscribes, follows. It's all free. Get it at Odyssey, get it at Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, um, because we're coming back and we've got a lot more interesting things to talk about.
2: Yeah. It's uh winter for us now, off season for us now, winter meetings will come and, Uh, pitchers and catchers and all of that and it's uh, good to have an outlet to talk about the Yankees because New York is going to shift to their great football teams and uh, now these two basketball teams and three hockey teams and uh, baseball hit the back burner but you know New York is a baseball town there's going to be a ton of people interested in listening and talking and thinking about what's going to happen to the Yankees uh, this this after postseason so we'll be here to cover it.
0: And watch the World Series, too, because as my son said, anyone but the Astros, that's who you're rooting for, right? Yeah. And you've got Rob Thompson, Kevin Long, David Robertson, all guys with Yankees. Yankees
2: South. They wanted to be the Yankees so bad. They took all these Yankee guys, Girardi, Dave, uh David Robertson. Uh, they even had uh, Toe down there. I forget. They yeah, had a, a right, few guys.
0: Um, that's right. Dee so Gregorius. <laughs> right. Some, uh, so it gives you something to root for, something to watch. Uh, Hopefully, it's a good series. It starts Friday. I'm sorry we won't be able to cover it the same way, uh, but. It is what it is, and we will be back with more uh, along this offseason. So make sure you keep coming back and follow us on socials because you'll get uh, updates there as well. Uh, He is at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter. I am at Yankees WFAN on Twitter. Of course, you can follow at WFAN660, at Odyssey Sports, and you keep up to date on everything. Our producer is Ryan Chichester. Thank you, everybody, for listening for these last couple of months of the season. We hope you stay with us throughout the offseason.